Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love towards us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. I love this psalm. It's not one that I really have heard of before or knew about until I started reading through some of the psalms. And I, and I fell on this little psalm right in the middle. So not only is it the shortest chapter in the Bible, but some of you may know already that it's actually the very most central chapter in the Bible. So there's things that happen. Half of the stuff happens before this psalm. And, and half of the stuff happens after this psalm, not necessarily um, historically uh, through time, but just where it sits in the Bible. So this is right at the heart of the Bible. And if you look at this psalm as well, and if you look at the words that are right in the middle, it's these four words, great is his love. I love that right in the center, right at the heart of the Bible are the four words, great is his love. Almost if you needed to sum up the whole Bible in four words, you could do it with great is his love. Obviously, the Bible is full of so much more beauty and um, so much more that we can learn. But if you wanted to get an idea of what the meta-narrative is, the whole story of the Bible, it's those four words, great is his love. And the next two words after that are really important as well because it's towards us. It's towards us, the collective us, humanity, his creation, every single person. Who wants five pounds? Oh, who put their hand? Oh, I think that was Sam, you know, shouted out me there first. Yeah. You might have to ask your parents how you're going to spend it, but that's not, not up to me. More on that later. And I look at this psalm because I think it's almost a bit like a sandwich. That's the way that I've come to discover it. It's sandwiched between the first half of the Bible and the second half of the Bible. It's also sandwiched between the same phrases that have been repeated. The first one and the last one both say, praise the Lord. I love the first one because before you even know what you're meant to be praising the Lord for, it's just praise the Lord. Before you even know why you're praising the Lord, it's praise the Lord because there's already so much that we can praise God for. Before you even start thinking about anything else or what this psalm is about, there's already so much to praise God for. The fact that we even hear that we have breath in our lungs this, was, this would have been written before Jesus died on the cross. So even before that, there was things to praise God for. But now we know the fullness of that, that great is his love for us. Great is his faithfulness. Praise the Lord. So even if you feel like, oh, there's this desire, there's this thing that I still have, something that I've been praying for for years, don't forget that there is so much that God has already done. Praise the Lord. But there are so many other things that he has done more, and there are so many more things that he's got in store to praise him for. And it might look like a little sandwich to start off with this psalm, just a small 
little psalm sandwich which has got a bit of filling in it, but there's not really much to it. You read it through really quickly. A little bit like, you know, if you ever go to a restaurant and your friend orders something that you're like, oh, why didn't I order that? I just got this small little sandwich in front of me and like, they've got a massive platter. I wish I should have gone for that. I should have gone for the plowman's, not just this little cheese sandwich. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt that? Have I had food envy? No, you're too, you're too good. I, I quite often suffer with food envy. I think, I wish I had ordered the thing that they had ordered. I wish I, wish I had got something better. But as you start to bite into this sandwich, as you start to look at this, you discover that there is so much more to this psalm sandwich than you may have first thought. I've heard the things of God quite often talked about that they're like a diamond. If you look at a beautiful diamond, I don't think I've ever held a real diamond in my hand. I can't afford a diamond. Um, but if you look at a diamond, quite often they say, the more you study it, the more the little facets, the more the small little faces and beauty, and you catch it in a certain light, and it gives you something more. And I've heard so many people describe the things of God being like a diamond. The more you study it, the more you go into it, the more you look at that, that actually the more you discover of who God is and his character. And I think God's love is right at the heart of this sandwich. And the more that we look at it, the more that we study it, and this is something that has been a bit of a recurring theme for the time that I've um, had off from working. Actually, God's love, as I've sat with it a little bit more and been able to explore it even more, there's been things that not only have I discovered about um, that I didn't realize of God's love, but there's also been the things that I've heard of since growing up and being at Sunday school and knowing that God loves me, to actually experiencing them as well. Things that were head knowledge that have now moved to heart knowledge as well. And I feel like that's a constant process. And it's a real gift to be able to take some time out to be able to look at some of those things and say, God, I want to experience some of the stuff that I know is true, but don't always feel is true. So we're going to look at three areas of this sandwich, this psalm sandwich, this tiny little psalm sandwich of love, which are actually, I would argue, we quite often talk about God, God's love being more, but these three things are around God's love being less. Bear with me. These three things, very helpfully, start with the letters B, L, and T. So we're looking at the BLT, this little psalm sandwich of God's love. It just happened that way. I, you know, I don't, you don't make up the rules. Um, so the first one, B, God's love is border less. God's love is border less. I thought I would um, test my, the grit of my masculinity earlier on in the week. So I went to see the Barbie film, don't judge me. Um, and I realized very quickly that I, it wasn't probably the film that was meant for me. Um, and the main reason I picked up on that was because of the other people that were in the cinema at the same time. Lots of um, teenage girls came in. Um, lots of young families came in. Um, lots of uh, couples came in with the, um, the, the normally the, the lady completely dressed in pink and, and the guy not dressed in pink, you know, maybe wearing pink socks or something like that. And I realized as people were coming in and you were doing that awkward thing where they squeeze past and you're like, oh, sorry, you know, um, that more and more so that it probably wasn't the normal audience member for that film. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you felt like you didn't belong. 
I know that there are loads of situations in life where that can happen, maybe in a workplace, maybe even in a family setting. I know even sometimes people experience that in a church setting, which is so sad. But God's love is borderless. There are no borders to God's love. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is invited. Doesn't matter what background, does not matter what creed, doesn't matter what religion you are, God still loves you. God has love which is borderless. And Paul talks about this in Romans 15, 11 and 12. He actually quotes this psalm and he says this, and again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, Let all the peoples extol him. And later, Israel says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. It looks like at the beginning of this psalm that the same phrase is repeated twice. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. It feels like the basis of that is saying, basically, everyone praise the Lord, Everyone praise the Lord. But actually, those two first lines are slightly different. The first one, praise the Lord, all you nations, that's talking to the nations of Israel. That's talking to the people that were God's people. But then it goes into extol him, praise with great joy, all you peoples. Not restricted to the Jewish nation, not restricted to one group of people, but opening it up to everyone. God's love is borderless. And we now know that when Paul talks about the root of Jesse will spring up, that it's talking about that from the line of David and Jesse would come a Messiah, somebody that would allow Gentiles, the majority of us, to be able to step into a place which is in God's love, to experience God's love. God's love is borderless. The next one was a little bit of a stretch because I couldn't think of quite the word that I needed for it. But bear with me on this one. Um, B, borderless. L, loopholeless. Is that a word? Probably not. But we're going to go with it anyway. Um, it's loopholeless. I gave um, Sam five pounds earlier. You're welcome. You can keep that. But imagine if I was to then go, right, you know, I gave that five pounds earlier. Actually, I want all your sweets. You'd be like, wait a minute, that was never something that you said in the first place. I didn't know that there were some terms to it. I didn't know that there was something that later on I would have to give back. I'm not going to do that. You can keep the five pounds in your suits. Um, but God's love is loopholeless. There is no terms and conditions. And it might be that you're experiencing God's love or trying to work out how does this fit? Because, you know, I've been in situations in the past where... Um, I've, I've sort of opened myself up to love and I, and I, and I didn't realise, but there were terms and conditions in that situation. There were things that were demanded of me. It wasn't an unconditional love. It was a love that was restricted or somehow um, watered down. It wasn't the love of God. And sadly, that's a lot of the love that we experience here because we are human beings and we are broken and we are messy. Well, I am anyway. I don't know about you guys, but there, there are things that happen in our life where we would love to be able to love in the way that God, God loves. And there is a, there is a, a, a sort of um, something to aim towards, and that's good to be aiming towards a love that is like that. That's what we're called to do. But actually, we so often fall short of it. But God's love has no loopholes. 
I know that um, quite often I'll be walking around town and I'll experience this in, in a way which is somebody um, has a clipboard and um, they're normally standing by a small stand with other, other people dressed in similar uniforms and they'll, um, they'll say, oh, can I ask you a quick question? And I, if, I, if I catch their eye, I know that's it. I'm in for it. Um, so that's why normally I look at the ground a lot and have my headphones in. Um, but if you ever catch their eye, you know that that is the first question. Can I ask you a question? And that's actually not. That's not actually what they're in for. They're in to get some money. Because then what happens is they say, well, if, if the ones that are really good at it, that are quite often in Hastings, they'll pay you a compliment. I know one of them said to me once... Um, uh, how, like, uh, have you got any children? And then they quickly came in with like, oh, you don't look old enough to have children. I was like, oh, you've got me. What, what do you want from me? Um, and, then so, and then they did this amazing thing where they, um, I don't know, it's very clever how they did it. And then they turned, they turned around and said, come on, come on over here to meet everyone else. And then you sort of follow them along and then you're there to answer the question. But then by the end of it, you've, you've signed up for, you know, 30 pounds a month to give to the charity. Um, and, uh, and you think, how did I get here? What, what happened to, to get to this place where I thought I was just, just answering a question and now I've given you my whole life savings? And there's nothing wrong with, you know, supporting cats and dogs. You know, I'm sure they're great, but, you know, all of that, like, you know, I needed that. So what? But God's love isn't like that. He doesn't sort of trick us into it at the beginning. He gives us it all. And if the more we read the Bible, the more that we can see that God's love is unconditional. It has no terms and conditions. The price was paid already. When Jesus died on the cross, he covered it all. He covered that 30 pounds a month at least. He covered all of the cost that was involved in us being able to step into God's love. I love I'm going to say love a lot because I do really love this as well. There's a, there's a song called Pieces, which I'm just going to read out some of the lyrics um, because there's, yeah, I think this puts it in a really good way. Um, yeah, the song's called Pieces, so you can check, it out, check out the whole song at a later time. But this is the, these are the lyrics from the bridge which says, your love's not fractured. It's talking about God's love. It's not a troubled mind. It isn't anxious. It's not the restless kind. Your love's not passive. It's never disengaged. It's always present, and it hangs on every word we say. It's a love that keeps its promises. It keeps its word. It honors what's sacred, because it vows, its vows are good. Your love's not broken. It's not insecure. Your love's not selfish. Your love is pure. And then the chorus goes on to say, you don't give your heart in pieces. You don't hide yourself to tease us. God's love is fully given. And I loved what Sarah was saying earlier about the invitation, the invitation to allow that love or allow what God's got for us to, to fill us and, and, and take, it, it, take its home, make its home in even more of us. God's love has no loopholes. The last one is tea. Not for tomato. But you could argue that God loves you from your head, tomatoes. You don't have to say that, but you could do. Um, 
When I, was, when I was younger, I went to, you may have heard of these places, they're called, well, I, did, I forgot what it was called, but it was basically where a, a child um, can go to um, play, but they can pretend that they've got adult jobs. And I typed this into the internet, like, where can you go, where, where's the place where children can go and pretend they've got adult jobs? And the first thing at the top of Google said, the British government. And I thought that's probably, oh yeah, no, I'm joking, he does satire too, just get on with preaching. Um, but... Um, it was called Kidzania. I don't know if, you, if anyone's ever heard of Kidzania, but they can basically go to a place where they can like, pretend to be like, firefighters and there's, there's like, a whole like, place where they can hang out or they can try and different jobs. And you know, it's like, a lot of it's just role-playing fun and parents sit at the sign, drink coffee and, and get on with what they need to do. Um, and I remember going to one of these places when I was little. And the first place that I saw was the most exciting. It just said, bank. I was like, oh, bank. And there was like a little line going out the door and you go into the door and they'd made it all like a proper building and everything. It like looked a little bit like so a bank from a film. And uh, there was these kids behind the desks. Like they were kids filling out forms and like hanging, handing in like fake checks um, and like bringing in, you know, the salary that they had earned in other places and stuff like that. And, and they were giving them in. And then there was all of those, um, those shoots that used to, used to get in lots of buildings. We don't have them so much anymore, but where you could put them in like the shoots and they shot, shot round, you know, and then you go to another place. And there were other kids getting out the little pieces of paper and stamping them with stamps. And, and I was in the line. I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is, ama this is when I was a kid. I was, I'm not, not now. It wasn't recently. But I was just like, this is amazing. I was, I was standing and I was like, can I, do you mind if I, can I come and be part of this? Can I come and do this, this job? Could I be one of like the bank clerks? I didn't know what it was called then, but can I work in the bank? And they were like, yeah, of course, come and do it. And I, so I was there stamping and there was this one guy who was like, he, he didn't have the manager badge on, but you could tell he was the manager. Like, I think he got to the costume first with the little, like, visor thing on. And so you could tell he really knew what he was doing. And he was stamping the stamps, and he was doing that, and he was telling the other kids to do. And I was like, you know, if I get in with him, you know, I might be, like, vice manager. I might, like, be able to work my, work my way up the bank. So I sort of did that. And then it came to a time where his mum was like, I can't remember what his name was now, but I said, Matthew, Matthew, it's time to go home. He's like, oh, busy mum. Like, you know, I've got a lot of things to do here. I can't just sort of leave. You know, I've got a whole team that sort of, like, need to look up. But I was like, you know, do you want, I was like, do you want me to, do you want me to take over? I could, you know, I'd give it a best, my best shot. Like, I can't say I'd do it as well as you, Matthew, but I'm going to give it my best shot. And he was, and he was like, yeah, okay. Like, and gave me the little, part. I was like, I'm the, the, I'm the manager. I'm the manager. I've done it. I've, I've succeeded. I've reached the pinnacle in life. Um, and then the next guy came in with his little thing and he said, oh, this is my salary from the, um, the fire brigade. I was like, there's a fire brigade here. What do you mean there's, there's what, there fire engines? He was like, yeah, come on. So I sort of then took my hat off and then I went off with him, left everyone else to do it. I didn't care as much as Matthew um, and went off and, and went to the fire. I was like, this is great. And by around that time, I remember my mum saying to me, um, come on, Darren, it's, it's time. We need to go now. Um, and as I was going there, there was some kids saying, oh, you know, maybe next time if you ever come back again, we can, we can go to the outside bit. I was like, there's an outside bit. I spent my whole time living in the bank. I'd spent my whole time, all of what felt like 100 years as a child, just hanging around in the bank and giving my time to that one job. But I feel like it's quite easy to do that in this life. But God's love is timeless. God's love stretches into eternity. It's here now, but it's also the thing that carries on 
through eternity. We are made for eternity. And I think, I think it's so easy to forget that. I find it so easy to forget that. I get stuck in the thing that I'm doing, and my eyes get focused on that one thing, and I give it my best. But then what happens is that I can so easily forget that actually we are designed, that we are made for eternity. This is such a small part of our existence. It's an important part, don't get me wrong. It's a really important part, but there is so much more. There's a fire brigade that you can go to. There's an outside that you can go to. And that's just in the complex of this, this world. There is more to experience. And God's love is timeless. And the reason I'm saying that is because if you want to invest in one thing that is going to have returns every single time, it's not pretending you're a bank manager. Nothing wrong with bank managers. It's not putting all of your time and energy into uh, things of this world, but it is God's love. It is God's love because God's love is timeless. And the amazing thing about God's love is that the more we experience it, the more that we invest time into spending with God, the more it changes us on the inside and the bigger impact we'll have here on the, in the earth as well, the bigger impact we'll have in our lives. But it's taking our focus off some of that stuff, which may not even be bad stuff, and focusing it on God's love. God's love is the best investment. So God's love is borderless. God's love is loopholeless. And God's love is timeless. 